Okay, it is time to start Day at the Setup Bar, Episode 1, and let's begin. And our first question is going to be from Sax Justice, and it's about who's going to win the PBE World Series. That, I believe, OBX has a strong chance to do so because of their great roster that they have currently, but again, there's other teams that have valuable that valuable assets on their team that can be very, very good. You've got Outer Banks, who I've already mentioned. Potentially New York coming out of nowhere. Boise has a shot. Most people didn't expect me to say that. Then you have Nashville, and then you have Indianapolis, and then you have the Rougarous at 36 and 18. The one team I think that has an outside shot right now is the Voyagers because they're only four back. Indy has a chance of that wild card spot being five back at 36 and 18. Other than that, I don't think many teams are going to be overshadowing each other at this point because OBX has got as a player leading the league in average right now, but Nas Hamed is going off for New Orleans. And he's got 21 in home runs, 66 RBIs at the break. Walker Cato's leading the league and wins. Daring, at the age of 35, has got nine wins. He's got a 1.94 ERA. And then Herbie Farnworth is going off for DVS, despite them being 12 under 500 right now. It's anybody's matchup right now on who's going to win the PBE World Series, for the majors at least. But OBX may be in danger of not repeating. And that's just how I feel about that situation. And one of the next questions was, what is my favorite drink? One of my favorite drinks is not your father's root beer or not your father's ginger ale. Both are really good. And non-alcoholic, I'd have to say Gatorade, vitamin water. I'm not a real big soda guy, but Coke or... Fanta, anything of that sort. I've never been big on alcohol or soda, so that's how I feel about... Well, that's just my opinion. Other people can like certain drinks, alcoholic or non-alcoholic. That's just the way that has to be put together, I'm guessing. And now we move on to quite the controversial topic. As we move on here that exclamation sound can mean only one thing as we get to one of the more controversial topics in this discussion steve so longtime boise raptor retired with the sea serpents a couple of seasons ago the comparison question is is parker bochamp the better shortstop than steve Eso? Well, I'm comparing their careers right now. You've got season, you've got the age 22 seasons are what I'm looking at today for this precise question from Mr. Bochamp, or Beecham for short. And it shows the age 22 season was not really a good one for uh, Mr. Iso. This was the year after Utah, the railroad, Oders won their first championship. He played in all 108 games, went 94 for 375, 
251 average is what that comes out to. 20 doubles, 6 homers, 35 RBIs, 38 runs scored, 21 walks, hit by a pitch 5 times, 2 sack flies, struck out 96 times, and went 13 of 15 stealing bases. His on base was under 300 at 298. His slugging was 352. All these numbers were up from the previous season, and his OPS was... 650 and his OPS plus and WRC were both 75 and his war was 0.3. And now we move on to Parker Bochamp. Parker Bochamp was a teammate of Steve Eso's for a couple seasons as Eso retired in a couple seasons ago. He they were on the 2040 Raptors together as he retired. And we're going to take a look at the season where their age 22 season for Parker Beecham and age 22 is their current season. This is their sixth year in the majors after three years in the minors start their career. This is one of their better hitting seasons, their third highest average so far in their career in their six year career. They have really laid off stealing bases as they have had zero three times in their career. But I'll that's not the point I'm trying to make here. Through 54 games, there's been a slight increase in batting production for one Parker Beecham as they are 51 for 206. They have half as many hits as they did last season up to this point. They had 102 all of last year. And they've already got almost made doubles they had the year prior with 17 compared to 21. Just one triple compared to two last year. And two home runs, 22 RBIs, 24 runs scored, 17 walks, one hit by pitch, two sack flies, 50 strikeouts, a 248 average, 305 on base, 369 slugging percentage, and an OPS of 674. They had the better. They're having the better season so far, off. Well, numbers wise, but offensively, with the six homers and thirty-five RBIs, and twenty doubles through his whole season, Parker can pass up the twenty doubles anytime they want. They've already exceeded the. The only thing they didn't exceed that season yet is they're at the average of ESO at two fifty-one. And then you have the on-base, which they've already surpassed, and the slugging percentage, which they have already surpassed. Their OPS Plus is 80, and their WRC is 83, both higher than the double 75 it was for ESO in his age 22 season. And a 1.1 or as of last sim, showing they are the better player in their sixth season, and they haven't regressed yet. Not quite yet, but they have been quite the team player. They are doing very well for themselves at the moment, and their fielding skills, just five errors in 54 games, uh, 982 zone rating is plus 6.4, and efficiency is the third highest in their career so far at 1.054. Their career zone rating at second base is in the negatives, but comparing it to shortstop, they are a very positive shortstop. So overall, their career zone rating at together is a 
even plus 14. So they're a very proficient fielder. The range factor is always has been, except for one year in the fours, they have played a lot of innings at both position over 7,000 total between second base and shortstop. So they know what they're doing. And it's just a matter of fact that they know how to play first, second, third, shortstop, left field, and center field, even though they aren't the best in the running and stealing department. They have a very proficient arm and the ability to play catcher if catcher Tuplon goes down. So I think Parker Beecham is going to be a great player for right now. But again, they're only in their age 22 season. And their career totals are currently 240, 288 on base, 360 slugging, and a career war of 2.8 compared to Iso, who had 102 home runs, 197 doubles, 964 hits, and a career war of 20.1 in, I believe, 11 seasons. And that is not just an accomplishment that they were able to have such a high amount of success with who they were with, specifically the fact that they were able to carry on for so long after that rookie year where they had a championship in their age 21 season from 2034 to that last season in Seattle after a brief stop in Indianapolis where they had very good success, three home runs, 30 RBIs, and posting a 301 average, 384 on base, and a slugging of 435. Their combined war between Indy and Boise that year for Steve Iso was a 3.6. 3.6. That really added to their war potential. They had a total of eight home run. Oh, it's a 3.7 when added with the uh, fielding war. But they had two went 292, 371, 414. Eight home runs, 61 RBIs, 20 doubles, 124 hits. That's the highest hit total they had in their career right before their retirement season at age 29, where they popped off again for another proficient season before they retired with a career totals of 260, 319, 405, and a OPS of 724, OPS plus of 98, and WRC of 99. So that's just for ESO, but again... Parker Bochamp has a long way to go, but that's just how I feel on that. I think Parker's better defensively. Iso is the better offensive player on on your team, especially with the speed factor. So that's just my situation there. All right, I might as well get this out of the way because I know for a fact I'm going to get some extreme heat from certain general managers for this. But that's exactly what was going to happen regardless. There's three teams right now, four in the majors who are under 500. Actually, Providence, Buffalo, Maui, Sarasota, Cancun, and Seattle. Between those, let's see, one, two, three, four... Five, six teams. A number of them, and I mean a number of them, have been and continue will continue to be basement dwellers. But there's more than one way 
to skin a cat. Providence is in a division where even if they do finish over 500, they're stuck between OBX and New York. They're currently 16 under 500. They'll finish in third place, but they're not going to finish worse in the majors. Buffalo has the second worst record in the league. They are tied right now with Sarasota. They are both at the bottom of the divisions. Legends East, Buffalo is 17-37. and 37. They are 24 behind. They're not out of the playoffs, but at the break, they're, they might as well be. They're struggling mightily at the plate and on the mound. They don't even have a three-man bullpen like Seattle. They need to face facts that they may have to start thinking about next year already. And then there's Maui. Maui I've talked about before. They are a team that's struggled, but seeing where they're at right now, they're within four games of third place. I see this as a victory for them because they are 19 and 35. Most teams, most people in the league did not have Maui with 19 wins. In the Legends West, especially, everybody at Vancouver winning this division, that may not happen. San Antonio may not finish in third place. They may finish in last. You never know. Maui will have a decent shot at finishing in third instead of last this year. I'll move on to Sarasota next. They are completely behind everybody in the Champions East. They are 17-37. and 37. They are 24 behind the Nashville Stars, who have got off to an amazing start at 41-13. They are 24 back. They are 20 under 500 at the break. There's a lot to unpack there, and unfortunately, I think they might be out of it already, too. Start thinking about Season 28 and start thinking about their offseason and who they're going to bring in and who they're going to draft for the Majors draft. Cancun. The kick the can down the road and laughable losers. Laughed at, kicked while they're down. Cancun has been treated like miserable children left out in the rain. 19 and 35. Their over-under was 38 and a half wins. They are halfway there at the break. 54 games into the season, they only have 19 wins, but that's more wins than anybody saw them having. A lot of teams. A lot of teams were projected to finish terribly. Buffalo being one of them. 29 and 79 is what they were preseason predicted at. They're 17 and 37. They would have to go 12 and 42. 12 and 42 the rest of the way. They'd have to finish 30 under 500 the rest of the season. Providence is supposed to finish preseason prediction 45 and 63. They're 19 and 35. Maui, 19 and 35. 34 and 74 is what they're supposed to finish in the predictions. Not what I see in their future. I see them winning at least 38 games. 
maybe finishing in third place, depending on the last 54 games and how that goes. Cancun, 19 and 35 as well in the Champions West. Finishing above 500 might be out of the question. They're supposed to only have 35 wins. They have 35 losses right now, but they're only supposed to have 35 wins. 35 and 78. Three. 35 and 73. That will not happen. They will win at least 40 games at the most if they continue on the path they have. Sarasota is supposed to be 35 and 75 at the end of the season. They're not going to catch anybody. They're 17 and 37. They will win at least 35, 37 games. Seattle, on the other hand, they're 14 and 40. They're the worst team in PBE right now. They have plenty of prospects. They have players who have talent and can be developed well enough. It's not the scouting. It's just the fact that they are in a division with one of the biggest powerhouses in the league. They have NOLA in front of them. They have DVS, who's won multiple championships. And they have Cancun, who's looking, who's above them right now, looking down at them. They can finish over 500 as a team if they take that talent and put it together with pitching. I understand their expansion team. They're trying. They just have to put the pieces together. All those teams will be good. Not this season. Maybe within the next season or two. That's just how I feel. I think Seattle may finish last. But they won't finish last because of lack of trying. They will finish last because their talent just hasn't put it together. And that's just how I feel. I'm not trying to stamp on their reputation as an expansion team. They will get better in the next few seasons. All right. And our final question for this week's podcast is actually from the center fielder of the Boise Raptors, Bridget Westfall asks, why is Westfall the best bar patron? Well, they're one of my best patrons because they're always trying to make sure that no matter what method I use to try and keep the wine cellar closed, they somehow find a way in there and end up drinking my whole supply, which I get mad about, but I really shouldn't because cleaning out the wine cellar like that really helps us get new supplies and everything as Parker goes shopping for more wine and everything, and I make sure I pay in advance for that stuff because most of that stuff's really expensive and my rookie contract can only pay for so much of that stuff. So I'm hoping that way it'll be easier for other players like Vlad, Parker, Menard, Tutlon, Lucas, Petra, Pluto, Well, I know I'm leaving some people out. Perry Hodder, Toasties, Paul, Waller, all those guys. They're all invited into this bar, so Westfall is one of my best patrons because they're helping keep the bar running regardless. Whether they were the GM last year or not, they were a huge help, and that's just 
it's a wonderful thing that they were able to help keep me up and running just like Parker has now. So they are one of my best patrons because they keep things in tip top shape. And I appreciate that. <laughs>